With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, a Gold Standard Podcast Network production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. It's Thursday. Levin Black is here. What's up, Levin? Hey, Rob. Been waiting for you not to use it. <laughs> All right. We got a lot to get to on today's show. Trey Lance in the news dominated the NFL news cycle on Wednesday. Thanks to Ian Rappaport yeah, for giving us a show. Yeah. <laughs> We're also going to get into something about the 49ers top 30 visits that I thought was really interesting. It actually came out from Jordan Elliott of Niners Nation. Uh, I saw you going back and forth on Twitter with some people about it. So we're going to get to that as well. But we always say, please rate, review and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. We need ratings and reviews to get our star rating up because it dipped after I was laid off. This one comes from, okay, this username is wild. HBG and then a bunch of X's and Z's. Love, love, love is the subject. Five stars. I was so disappointed when y'all were sidelined during the NFC Championship. Found you again. The only gripe I have is with Rob and his unwavering love for Trey Lance. Please watch Purdy starting games again and tell me he isn't the future of this franchise. Trey is done. I hope they trade him and get something for him before it's too late. Keep the, keep up the good work. Love you all. Is Trey Lance done? That is the question. With the 49ers? Probably. <laughs> It was all started thanks to a tweet from me and Rappaport, which if you're watching on YouTube, I have up on the screen now. It was about 9 o'clock this morning for me, East Coast time, saying that the Niners have had trade inquiries, inquiries for Trey Lance and that they are fielding calls, not making calls, about moving Lance because Purdy is the future starter. Your first reaction when you saw that, Levin? <laughs> uh, the last bit was what got my attention first. The fact that he put fielding calls, not making calls, I think tells you everything about who the source is on this one. You know, the more you think about it, who is going to be so worried about saying, hey, the team isn't making calls 
They're just willing to listen if other people call. Only the team would care about that. An agent's right. not going to worry about phrasing it in that manner. So that really tips the hand that this is a team source. That's a great point by you. And if that wasn't enough, by the way, Rappaport came back with another tweet shortly after the first tweet. And I'll throw that up on the screen also. It says, while no trade is imminent, and the 49ers would almost certainly want to make sure Brock Purdy's rehab continues to go as smoothly as it has been going, the interest from other teams in Lance has been there. So again, this second part to me basically says, if Brock Purdy can throw a football in June, the Niners are going to get rid of Trey Lance. That to me seems like what he's indicating there. Yeah, so the more I've had time to kind of sit and think about it, you know, obviously we were both in it when this came out and we were going back and forth with people. And at this point, I've had probably four or five hours to kind of step away. Uh, you know, I left work, came home, you know, played with my daughter, all that. I was kind of able to get a mental reset. The more I look at it, this is what I think is happening. The team is willing to move him now if they can get a really good offer. What that really good offer is, I can't exactly tell you. I would say it's a second round plus at minimum. It might even be a full first round. But I think it's more of a long play. Because I don't think they think they can actually get a current draft pick worth enough to pull the trigger and risk the whole Purdy situation becoming a setback and then having a Sam Darnold season. What I think they're doing is they're trying to jarm up interest now so that if they hit training camp and Purdy's going to be ready week one, they can set the stage for pushing the narrative that, oh, Trey Lance is having a great training camp. They can start Trey Lance in some of the preseason games and actually scheme some plays for him in order to make him have this good preseason or maybe hold him out and play him in the second and third quarter so that he's getting to go against backups and he can put up great stats and drum up the interest. They're kind of able to play both sides with it. They can see if Purdy's going to be ready week one, and if he is, then they can try to build his value through training camp and preseason. If he's not going to be ready week one, then they can just hold on to him and go ahead and start him and make a decision once Purdy is back. I feel like that's what they're doing. They're kind of setting the stage and starting to get teams interested so they know where teams stand, so that when they do decide to pull the trigger because they know Purdy is going to be back, if that ends up being the case, they can quickly make it a trade. Wouldn't that be weird, though? So, like, Trey Lance plays and looks really good, and instead of being like, hey, we might have found our guy, they'd be like, no, now we're going to trade you. Like, that's sort of the weird part of this. Now, you said you've gotten away from it, and, you know, it's given you a different perspective. Allow me to play something for you from NFL Network. This is also Ian Rapoport. And this one was a little more interesting, and I want to know if it changes your opinion. Not worked out like I think anyone had planned. There's the injury, hasn't played a ton, plus Brock Purdy's emergence as the likely future franchise starter for the 49ers, plus they signed Sam Darnold in free agency, likely to serve as the backup. Having a number three overall pick, learning a little, getting not very many reps, and being the third stringer, just it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And it feels to me like teams read the landscape, they kind of read the room, and they say, I wonder if this guy might be available. It was just a couple years ago that several teams viewed him as one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point 
over the next few months, probably, not imminently, but next few months, someone ended up giving the 49ers enough to trade for Trey Lance because someone, no doubt, would still believe that he could be the franchise guy that he probably won't be for the Niners. Oof. The <laughs> end of that hits hard. And there's Garofolo, which I purposely left in, nodding mm -hmm. right along. There were two things that jumped out to me in that clip, and I want to see if they jumped out to you. The first one was the end of it, how he said, months from now, somebody will give the 49ers what they want for Trey Lance. Well, what happens months from now? Brock Purdy starts to throw again. He's basically telling you if Brock can throw, they're done with Trey. That's what essentially one of the things he said. There was one more thing that jumped out to me in there. I want to know if it jumped out to you. Can you guess what it is? No. He said, Darnold's the backup. Trey Lance's oh. third string. He just threw that in there. I did catch that in the moment and then forgot. Yeah. Like, it, like casually. He, and, and he something... said Trey Lance was the third overall pick. That seems a lot to be the third string. He's And he's said consistently that he thinks Darnold is the backup to the starting quarterback. Like, he just threw that in there like it was a given. Like, oh, yeah, Sam Darnold's yeah. the backup. Like... <laughs> Whoa, whoa, what in the world has Sam Darnold done to leapfrog Trey Lance in that pecking order? That's what I want to know. He doesn't even know the system. There's one guy that can answer that, and there is no good answer. So good luck, Kyle Shanahan. Look, this is this is where I think we both stand, and I think we should make it clear because people are getting a misperception. They're misreading things because of tweets. It's not that we are, hey, Trey Lance is definitely going to be great. And it's mm -hmm. not that we don't think Purdy could be really good. What it is, I think we both stand that if Purdy is fully healthy in week one, he should be the starter. He earned that right with the eight games he had. At least that's where I stand. That if he's healthy week one, he should start. The problem I am having is the 49ers saying, F that guy. <laughs> Before they even know that, that's my problem. They never did this with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to do this with Trey Lance, but not Jimmy Garoppolo. It just, it doesn't add up. It, it is very, very odd because they, they're kind of, they're kind of talking out their ass, honestly, because if you sit and you say, Hey, Trey Lance is great. We really believe in him. Then it's a question of, well, why the hell are you listening to offers for him? And then on the flip side, if you're saying, hey, we don't believe in Trey Lance, somebody trade for him, everybody's going, well, if you can't make it work with him, we don't want him, or we're not going to pay a lot, we'll take a flyer on him. It's like there's no good way for the 49ers to frame it. The only good way that could come and be a possibility is the one that I laid out, that Trey Lance has a great training camp, they can build him up, they can make him look good in the preseason, but Purdy's ready to go week one. They can say, hey, we have two great starting quarterbacks. We're going to go ahead and move one. But if Trey looks good, why would they want to move him? Because they have Purdy. That's the Purdy earned the right to be the franchise quarterback after the eight games he had, which he earned the right to be a starter. I don't think he earned the right to be the franchise quarterback. The way I look at it is if both are healthy, Purdy has earned the right to get the first shot to prove that he is great. And if he's Jimmy Garoppolo or worse, he needs to be replaced mid-season. That's where I stand. Because I don't I don't think it's for sure Purdy's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's a very, very likely he's at least as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's not like he was perfect. I think 
a lot of it is because every game was won, people got in a little bit of an inflated opinion of how good he was. I don't want to misconstrue it. He was tremendous for a rookie. I think it's one of the best eight-game stretches any rookie's pretty much ever had. But it's still just eight games, and there were rookie things in there. Now, a lot of the interceptions, the rookie mistakes he made, ended up not turning into interceptions, and that's more luck than skill. Mm -hmm. Now, you would hope a rookie can progress past that. But that's no guarantee, and that's why you shouldn't be punting on Trey Lance, because it's no guarantee that Purdy's going to be able to to be better than he was as a rookie. I mean, he is a really experienced quarterback, so you're projecting. You're not going to project quite as much, in my opinion, due to that. And then at the same time, if some of those dropped interceptions, bad throws turn into interceptions, suddenly you're looking at somebody that's an average starting quarterback, and you're going, crap, we don't have another option. Because Sam Darnold is not, not another option. He's somebody that if you're desperate, you go, well, hopefully he somehow saw the light and everything connected. He's not somebody that you count on as, well, if this young quarterback doesn't pan out like we thought he was going to, we still have this quality starter that we could win a Super Bowl with. That's not Sam Darnold. Well, first of all, you owe me an apology because I said from the second Sam Darnold was signed by this team that this is not just a third string guy. This is absolutely somebody that's in the mix for the backup slash starting job. If Brock is not healthy and that clearly, at least from Rappaport and maybe some other national insiders, that's clearly the case. So go ahead. Apologize to I, I me. I don't think it's victory lap time. Oh, it's victory lap, baby. I am driving that car. No, if Sam Darnold put it this way, if Trey Lance is traded, you get your victory lap. If Sam Darnold starts over Trey Lance, you get your victory lap. But there is still, I would say, the most likely scenario, in my opinion, I think it's become very close. Like, probably two weeks ago, I would have said, there's no way. It makes no sense for them to trade Trey Lance. Now there's been a lot more smoke. So I think that it's a lot closer. But I still edge to the most likely scenario is Trey Lance is on this team come week one. So I think there's still a possibility that, no, you don't get a victory lap. You're still you know, as wrong as you always are. <laughs> you just want to keep fighting it. I'm right about this. No, it's, we just don't know. At some point, this team will have to tip their hand because at some point we will know who that backup is. If Purdy's healthy, they still have to tip their hand because they have to name a backup and they don't normally dress three quarterbacks in game days. So one of those quarterbacks would probably be inactive. At the very least, we would know who the backup is because they're going to tell us the depth chart, right? So at some point, whether Purdy is healthy or not healthy, whether Trey Lance is traded or not traded, we're going to know the answer to that Sam Darnold question. Look, get your pen and paper, write up a nice prepared statement. You can run from it, delay it all you want, but I'm going to be right in the end. And when I am, I expect a full-throated apology from you. Uh, you mentioned how much smoke there is. We actually got even more sm uh, snow smoke excuse me, yesterday, which I'll talk about in a second, but I'll state for the record where I stand on this whole thing. I would at if, if Brock Purdy was healthy, I would at least understand if the 49ers said, hey, he earned the starting job. I, I could see why they would say that. I still want to see Trey Lance start over Brock Purdy, but I could understand what the team was doing. Now that he is hurt and there's all this uncertainty and it doesn't seem like by any reasonable timeline, he's going to be ready to go week one. 
then there's no reason to start anybody else except Trey Lance. And the fact that the team is even thinking about doing something different from that is batch crazy to me. That is my official position. And, and I, as I, I agree, it makes right. no sense to trade him. But Kyle Shanahan and making sense with his quarterbacks <laughs> is something that doesn't happen too often. And as I have said many times, I am a very tough quarterback grader. I am, regardless of whether it was Brock or Trey, I wouldn't even say after a year whether or not we've got a franchise guy. It takes longer than that to figure that out. Brock did have a good stretch of games. I don't think it was nearly as good as people thought. I think that they are romanticizing it in their head because he threw uh, two touchdowns in pretty much every game and because the team won. And that is not how you evaluate the play of any single individual. There's much more that goes into it than that. I mean, this but is that the is fan my... base that had half the fan base thinking Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback. So <laughs> right. It's exactly. not surprising. So that is where my official position is and always has been. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But you mentioned the smoke. We got more from Pro Football Talk yesterday, who said that the Niners talked about trading Trey Lance at the Combine with the Vikings, specifically in February. So they've been having discussions about trading Trey Lance for months. And what's significant about that one is the Combine was before Brock Purdy even had the surgery. Brock didn't have the surgery till March 10th. So they were discussing, think about that. They were discussing possibly before trading they Trey knew Lance. Who their free agent quarterback was going to be. Before that, and before they knew what type of surgery Brock was going to have. Now, granted, I'm not saying they were going to trade him in February. They may well have said, like, hey, let's discuss this, because if Brock's out for the year, then this whole thing is off. We, we don't know the specifics of those talks. But the fact that it was even a discussion for months is really, really telling to me. Yeah, the fact that it, in that scenario was, hey, you have one guy that's likely – on roster right now and likely to be healthy week one. We want to trade for him. And the Niners go, oh, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, teams don't do that. If you have one healthy quarterback, you're not willing to trade him unless you really don't like that quarterback. What I want to know, and this is this is the part of the disconnect, I think, for both of us and pretty much everybody that's going, why the heck would he trade Trey Lance? Trey Lance has done nothing. This isn't a, say, Vince Young scenario. You know, if you remember Vince Young, he was pretty arrogant. He refused to watch film. He was not a very big team guy. He he didn't fit the kind of leader mold that you want. He wasn't a good example. He was somebody that just relied on his athletic ability and went on. It's not that scenario. You don't have this arrogant player, at least from what we know now, and 
We've seen enough of them, I think, to be pretty confident in this. Now, some guys are good at hiding it. I will say that. Maybe Trey Lance just refuses to watch film, but he's he said that he studies, you know, and he's in every meeting. So you would think he is. But I just, I don't get, how could Trey Lance, what has Trey Lance done that's so bad that Kyle Shanahan is willing to talk trading him when he has no idea if Purdy's going to be healthy. That's the part that I don't get. He He's not this head case. He's not somebody that's causing problems. So I don't get mm-hmm. why he would ever get to this stage unless it's Kyle Shanahan. And I truly think that this has a high probability of being what it is. He is overreacting to try to compensate for pre- uh, previous mistakes. He's stuck by Jimmy Garoppolo despite him getting healthy or getting injured over and over and over again. And I think Kyle Shanahan is overreacting and saying, I'm not doing that again. Trey Lance has gotten hurt three times and he's only been starting four games. One of those was in preseason, (laughs) but he's been injured three times. I think Kyle Shanahan said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not having another quarterback that I'm going to have to sit and wonder if he can stay healthy all season. And he's overreacting. He went from, I'm sticking behind my quarterback who's always hurt to, all right, I finally ended that. I'm not getting into the same type of relationship again. You know what I mean? It's like the person that's in a bad relationship gets out of it and is instantly finds himself in a relationship that's very similar. And they suddenly have this moment of heck no, not doing it, refuse to do it. You know, and they kind of, it just, it doesn't make sense. That's the only way I can make sense of why this team would be so out on Trey Lance is it's Kyle Shanahan pretty much having PTSD. (laughs) Well, that would at least be somewhat understandable, but they need to say that. So 49ers are scheduled to meet with the media. Because what's the biggest question mark heading into the season? Will Purdy be healthy? Right. But what I'm saying is like, at least that would be an explanation for their thinking. And they meet the media on Monday. It's not a good one because the guy that they're saying, hey, we don't want this guy because he can't stay healthy is the guy that's going here. Like, it's just. I know you I agree, agree, but, but it, it's, it's an explanation, though. We need something. We need something. Giving me an explanation that makes no logical sense is not something that's going to make me happy. It's going to piss me off more. I wouldn't agree with it, but at least I could say, well, now I know what they're thinking, because right now I have no friggin' idea. Uh, I did a show with Grant Cohn yesterday. He does not expect Kyle to be at the pre-draft press conference on Monday. Do you expect Kyle to be there? Or do you think it'll just be John? Probably be just John. That That is what they've done. I, I I think Kyle, the only year that he was at the pre-draft meeting. 2021. Yeah, I believe he was there because they knew they were going quarterback. They had traded up. And if I remember correctly, this trade up happened like just before that. So it was kind of sandwiched together of, well, we're going to answer questions about the trade up and the pre-draft press conference. No, I think they traded up way early. I think they traded up like a month before the draft. I'm almost, I'm 99% sure. Is is that the first time they talked to the media since? Yes, I think it was. That's what, that's what I'm, yeah. That's what I remember. I remember the pre-draft press conference being all about the trade up because it was the first time anybody had been in front of the media. So yeah, I think that's the only time, but yeah, I'm, I can't sit here and say whether Grant should know. (laughs) Well, You're in that Grant, one every year. 
I was happy because I asked Grant during the show, like, we, everyone says, oh, Brock Purdy's at the facility now. Does anyone know if Trey Lance is there? And he didn't know, but apparently he must have done some work on it because after the show, he later tweeted out that Lance has been in the Niners facility all week. Surprise, surprise. Trey Lance is exactly where he needs to be when he needs to be there. Um, but there has been too much smoke now, like you mentioned. They have to answer questions about this. They have to be asked about this on Monday. The first question to whoever the hell is behind that podium should be, Number one, are you taking calls on Trey Lance? Did you talk to the Vikings about Kirk Cousins in February? Why Why are you taking, what has Trey Lance done? If you if if everything you say about him we're supposed to believe is true and you have just as much confidence in him as Brock, why would you ever consider trading him? Like they need to answer questions about this. I do not care about their stupid draft picks. Pick 99 and 101, 102, I don't care. That is not important. What's important is the quarterback situation, and it's high time that they explain themselves. And don't let them out of it because their answer could be, well, no, we listen to trade trade offers on anybody. So we're listening, we're listening to trade offers on anybody that they call about. Your follow-up is, well, then why did you have so many meetings with, uh, what is it? I'm forgetting his third name. D- Dorian, uh, yeah, Thompson Robinson. Robinson, thank you. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Why did you have so many meetings? Why are you doing, this is the way I would phrase it, and it would probably piss them off, and maybe there's a reason why uh, I'm not in these press conferences. <laughs> but I would say, why have you done more scouting on Dorian Thompson Robinson than you did on Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> if you're not expecting to trade a quarterback. Oh, that's right? a good way I, to put it. It is. It's true. Why are you doing so much homework on a quarterback if you're not expecting to trade one? You're just willing to listen to offers on anybody. And I would want to. I would specifically ask about the Vikings at the combine. Did you talk to the Vikings about trading Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins? And if he says no, like, all right, like we can drill down on that. Like, maybe I'll believe you, but I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, speaking of that, by the way, let's see if I can pull it up. There was a tweet from Jordan Schultz, NFL insider from the score who said, spoke with the GM today. Who's not in the market for a quarterback about Trey Lance quote, John taking calls on him was probably the worst kept secret since Indy. I know they've listened. Lance is still young and on a rookie deal. He's pretty talented. Darnold has tons of incentives in his deal and Purdy has an elbow problem. I think it would take a pretty strong offer to get Lance. So now other GMs are saying, yeah, we know they were talking about trading Trey Lance at the combine. So, you know, he can deny it all they want, but it's out there. Before we move on, we'll get to that whole tweet and everything. You, last week, we talked about it. You have notifications on. Why the hell do you have 20 plus notifications on scene? Huh? Huh? Because people tweet at me, man. People, if that's any, that's everybody. That's, you know, insiders, that's uh, mm-hmm. regular people, that's everything. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's still trending, by the way, as we sit and record I this. See that. But no, so yeah, the, this tweet, I saw it, I retweeted it. It, uh, yeah, it pretty much confirms everything. Like at this point, like we said, there's enough smoke to know, yeah, something's truly going on. They are actively engaged in trade talks. How far they've gotten in trade talks, we don't know. Do they have such a high asking price that it's never going to happen? We don't know. But we do know that they are actively engaging in trade talks involving Trey Lance. And that is franchise malpractice, in my opinion, because of where they're at with Purdy. Like, 
what are we doing here? And by the way, <laughs> Sam Darnold has injury question marks too. Like he's mm-hmm. been injured in his career multiple times. So you have three quarterbacks that about once every 10 games at best, which I think is around what Darnold is at, they get hurt. Why the heck would you get rid of one? And you know what else I'd like to ask John Lynch too? I would say, what do you like about Sam Darnold? And this would be a two-parter. I would set him up because he would say, well, we think, you know, Sam has great arm strength. We liked him coming out in 2018. He's got great ability. He's a young guy, yada, yada, yada. My follow-up to that would be, doesn't all that already apply to Trey Lance also? And he's been in your system for Mm -hmm. the last two years. Why would Sam Darnold be a threat to take anything away from Trey Lance? And I'd I'd love to hear his response. Right. It's just odd. By the way, I know it's used and it like became synonymous with that player, but how did Sam Darnold avoid the nickname Pac-Man? He sees ghosts. He should be Pac-Man. <laughs> I don't know. It's not topical. Yeah. I don't know. Fine. Doesn't Pac-Man eat? No, he runs away from the ghost. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, he eats him if he eats the power up. That's right. Yeah. Then he but... just goes ham and destroys everything. Yeah. Which is never going to happen. <sighs> Apparently, there are no power-ups for Sam Darnold. <laughs> well, no, definitely not. <laughs> and Darnold's had a hell of a friggin' career here. Remember, you know, he goes to the Jets. Then he gets mono, and he has right. to miss time with that. And then he has the whole seeing ghost thing, which, like, it was, it was not a good look. I mean, he was mic'd up. He shouldn't have said it. But, like, I'm sure a lot of quarterbacks have felt like that, especially young quarterbacks. I think he was the youngest quarterback to ever start in the NFL at one point. Um, and he, you know, you're playing against a bill Belichick defense, like, damn man, like, yeah, he can mess with your head a little bit. Um, so I kind of felt bad for him in that instance, but like, it has been a crazy ride for Sam Darnold. If you are a first round quarterback drafted by the jets, you're going to have a crazy career, (laughs) not a good one, but a crazy one. (laughs) But there, there is one question that I, I would like asked that, I don't think is uh, necessarily as abrasive as my previous one that I threw out there. My question would be, you say, or it's been reported that you think this is a contending team. So you can't waste a season developing a quarterback. You're coming off a year where you had no healthy quarterbacks in the NFC championship game. Mm -hmm. Why would you trade Trey Lance and have a third stringer? That's a rookie. They're going to say, we haven't traded Trey Lance. But why, You'd have to say, why, why would, would you, you entertain? Pick- uh, you know what I mean? Why yeah. would you entertain the possibility? Yeah. Why are you listening to offers on Trey Lance when the only logical replacement for Trey Lance would be somebody you draft and you've clearly been doing your homework in the NFL draft for quarterbacks if you say this is too good of a team to waste developing a quarterback and you just had a season where you went through four quarterbacks and none of them were healthy in the NFC championship game. These are all fair questions. And I really hope that the 49ers press corps brings it on Monday. (laughs) I know I don't get my hopes up anymore. I tweeted it out yesterday. Where were the the local guys on this story? None of the local guys knew that John Lynch was fielding calls for Trey Lance. Like really? It had to be Ian Rappaport. Like, and by the way, who do you think Ian Rappaport is getting that from? Like, it's amazing to me. This, it's not a press corps anymore. It's a PR team. That's what I should refer to it. Other than Grant, and even Grant sometimes, you know, I feel like can go a little harder at them. 
I feel like sometimes he's, especially after this whole Kinlaw thing, sometimes he doesn't go as hard as he used to. Uh, and I would say that to his face. Uh, so I don't think I'm out of turn here. It's a PR squad for the most part. In Grant's defense, which, yes, I do agree with you. He does that. It is very hard to be the only one doing it because if you're the only one doing it and you constantly have your questions be the harder questions, you become enemy number one and your career is going to be on the line. Like, it's very hard to be the only person and to be constantly holding them, you know, to it. You know, it's just it's it's a hard situation to be in that in that scenario. But just because you ask a, a hard question or a question they may not like doesn't mean you're asking an unfair question. And I no. feel like that's the difference. Like, if I ask a question that you don't want to answer, that doesn't necessarily mean it's unfair. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm being a jerk. It just means that you're uncomfortable. I will say it to Grant's face. I, I think he, if he was a little... If he changes his delivery sometimes, when he knows he's asking a gotcha question, he is so <laughs> smug. Like I, we've seen him on camera doing it. He has like this smirk because he knows what he's doing and Kyle knows what he's doing. And it's kind of like, a, <laughs> I'm asking it just so that you have to answer it, even though I know you won't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like if delivery could, could help a little bit there. But I mean, Grant is who he is. And that is part of who he is. You see it on his YouTube. Like he has a really hard time not being kind of i don't want over the top he's very energized he's very he likes to goof around it's hard to then be like super serious all the time but he doesn't goof around in the press conferences no he doesn't goof around but you do (laughs) see it in his face like when he knows he's asking a gotcha question that kyle has no interest in being asked you you can see a little bit of a smirk where he knows what he what he's doing and instead of just being straight like emotionless you know Levin mode, as I would call it. Well, good. Ask the question Kyle doesn't want to be. I, I, the more I think oh, about I it, know. I think there's there's no way Kyle's. I'm not saying don't ask the question. Kyle. I'm saying maybe don't have a smirk when you're doing it. Well, the thing that we've learned is, especially not so much with John, but with Kyle, he gets on you for that stuff. Like you could ask the same question, oh, but if you have a smirk you on your for it, right? If you have a smirk it's on your face when you ask you it for it, yeah. He'll that changes Kyle's response. So you do have to kind of be aware of that because your your goal when asking the question is not to bias the response. You don't want to do that with your question. People spend a lot of time thinking specifically of neutral questions that don't tip the answer in one direction or the other. And so what with Kyle, you do have to be careful with that, because once he gets salty, then you're right. He does try to embarrass you. Yeah, he uh, insults your intelligence. He he pulls one of the lines of. Well, anybody that knows anything about football, know, you know, or something along those lines. So, <laughs> right, hey, yeah. you're a dipshit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you, which can you shouldn't. You, can you imagine Kyle Shanahan in New York? I, I don't think no. he could. I, I, he couldn't have done it. New I York, don't think so either. His, his look, I like Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a good coach. His relation with the media would never, ever, ever, ever work in a Philly, a Boston, or a New York. Because yep. they would take it personally and they would eat them alive for doing it. No, it would be it would be ugly. Um, but that's the weird part of this whole thing. And it's something that, you know, people have tweeted at me. Andy Gresh uh, was tweeting at me, like, Kyle, you know, and John should be filleted for 
whiffing on Trey Lance considering they're trading him. But what I responded to him was ever since they made the trade, they've been in the NFC championship game every year. That's the weirdest part about this whole thing. Normally when you whiff on a high first round draft pick at quarterback and you give up all those picks to get him, your team suffers because of it. And that's why you get fired, but they haven't suffered because of it. Now you could say, well, if they had better players with those picks, they might've won some of those NFC championship games and maybe, but they're still, other than the Chiefs, the only team to make this, what is it, three NFC Championship games in the last four years? So, like, <laughs> you you kind of can't bang on them as much as you would if it was a normal situation. Well, I mean, if it was a normal situation, he wouldn't be the coach anymore. Yeah, it's be the winnings yeah. why he, they've been will, been capable of pushing past the quarterback situation. But, look, like, if Trey Lance doesn't pan out, whether with the 49ers or somebody else, He's just not a good NFL quarterback. Look at the track record of this regime. And I think when it comes to the quarterback position, Kyle Shanahan has pretty much all final say. Brian Hoyer, they thought he could actually be a bridge quarterback. <laughs> like, and No delusion here. They didn't bring him in thinking, oh, this is a guy that could truly be our starter. But they thought he could right. be a bridge quarterback. And he mm-hmm. was so god-awful, he was off the team by midseason. C.J. Beathard. Didn't pan out. You can't say Nick Mullins because for what he was as an undrafted free agent, great. But sticking behind Jimmy Garoppolo over and over, not scouting that quarterback class when they had one of the top picks, you know, and they didn't go scout Mahomes. That's obviously the one that everybody mentions. But um, And then this whole Trey Lance. Like every year, They've had a chance to address the quarterback position and every year they've messed it up. Now maybe Purdy pans out and all of that becomes forgotten and everybody, you know, the story of Kyle Shanahan won't even probably have a footnote mentioning all of those quarterback situations that have come and gone. But if they don't ever win a Super Bowl, like Purdy could end up being the starter on this team for 10 years. If they don't win a Super Bowl because Purdy isn't some... You know, let's just say Purdy plays 10 years on the team, has decent stats, but isn't great, but he's good enough to where they never replace him and they never get over the hump and they never win a Super Bowl. That will be the Kyle Shanahan story. That he didn't have the gumption to go for the quarterbacks that would have made a difference and gotten him over the hump. Did you just use gumption in a sentence? Sure did. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And look, that's why a lot of people say, Draft a quarterback every year because it doesn't matter how many you miss on if you hit on one. It's like a lottery ticket. doesn't matter how many times you lose if you hit the jackpot. Look at last year. They took a quarterback with the last pick in the draft. They never thought he would have to play, but they took a guy that they thought had enough potential that they were willing to draft him. And he came in, he earned the third string position, and then he ended up becoming what you think is your franchise quarterback by the end of the year. That's with the last pick in the draft. I am 100% on board with draft a quarterback every year because you never know when when you're going to need him. Even if you have, you know, like the Chiefs, you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, a really bad injury could come up where you don't have him for a year and a half or he's never the same. You know what I mean? So you should always have somebody in the wings that you think still has that potential to develop into a starter. If you draft a guy and after one year, you know, he doesn't have that potential. Move on. Go get a different one. Assuming that guy's played. That's <laughs> well. Some people you but, can tell in practice. 
Well, that's what a lot of people say about Trey, right? Oh, his practice must have been so bad. Kyle Shanahan knows what he sees. Oh, yes. He knows so much. This is the part that drives me nuts about. He knows so much about what he sees that he didn't turn to Purdy. Purdy fell into his lap. He only had Purdy playing because he was forced to have Purdy playing. He couldn't see that this player that he thinks is for sure the franchise quarterback, he couldn't see in practice that he was that, which is why I have said there is a 0% chance of Trey Lance earning this job unless Purdy is not healthy at the start of the season because he will not earn this position through training camp, preseason games, or practice because Purdy couldn't even earn the backup position for that. Instead, they renegotiated Jimmy Garoppolo's contract at the end of training camp. They had already had training camp to see what Purdy was. Right. Then that's, that's, you know, the other side of that Garoppolo thing. I always say that bringing Jimmy was an indictment of Trey, but bringing Jimmy back was also an indictment of their quarterback evaluation skills. Like you said, now granted they did keep Purdy over Sudfeld, but that's like, the bare minute Nate Sudfeld is, is nothing like he right. just like he was never any good nobody ever thought he was going to be any good I mean, it took how many years for them to move on from CJ Beathard like that 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 to me is the you you're not willing to pull the trigger and move on fast enough you're stuck by Jimmy you're stuck by CJ Beathard it was evident I would say year two I saw some potential with Beathard year one I thought he was very raw but I thought Maybe he could develop into something with an off season, but in year two, it was clear like this guy is never going to be a starting quarterback. He's maybe a backup quarterback in this league and they should have been moving on at that point, but it took them an extra year because Kyle Shanahan thought he could fix him. I said it was Grant yesterday. The four most dangerous words in football scouting are I can fix him. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, you can't fix him. And we see it year after year after year with guys, especially guys that were picked high. They constantly get second chances. They constantly, Sam Darnold has done nothing to even be on an NFL roster. He has done nothing at this point. He has been hideously, hideously, hideously bad. And yet, what does everybody say? Well, you know, he's got talent. He was the third overall pick in the draft. If they redrafted right now, would Sam Darnold be the third overall pick? Hell no. So spare me about his Probably talent. wouldn't be a third round pick. Right. So sp- who gives a about his talent? What talent does he really have? If they redrafted right now with 56 games of, of evidence. Finally got be... a cuss word out. I've I'm, been wondering. Uh, dude. I have been fighting it. Like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I know. Ever since we went to YouTube, you've been unwilling to do it. I know. But I mean, man, so stop with that talent talk. It's just infuriating to me. It is infuriating to me. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's move off the quarterback talk. Because what? there's another subject we want. I know. I know. I'm going to do it. There was a story that came out in Niners Nation. And look, everybody knows by now I have no love for SB Nation. I wouldn't. I'm not really you know, inclined to promote them too much, to be honest with you. But this was a really good article by Jordan Elliott, and I consider this a service job, and I think you would want to be aware of it, so we're going to talk about it. And the title of the article is Why Top 30 Draft Visits Are an Important Indicator of the 49ers' Plans in the Draft. You might have heard the 49ers have had this player in for a top 30 visit or that player in for a top 30 visit. Every team gets up to 30 visits where they can bring the player into the team facility, talk with the player, they can give them a tour of the facility. They can't do anything on the field. That's not allowed. But it's like a more in-depth, longer interview type of thing. They really get to know each other. And as Jordan lays out in the article, the 49er, he does a great job. He goes year by year, all the players the 49ers have drafted that they had for a top 30 visit that year. And it turns out in the Shanahan regime, they have drafted at least two players that have had top 30 visits every single year. Some years, it's more than that. In 2021, it was three. In 2022, it was six. Well, Tay Martin was undrafted free agent, so it was five. So it could be more than two, but they've had at least two every season. So to me, what that says is, we don't know for sure that, you know, obviously they can't pick all the guys they have in for visits because they only have 11 picks. But what I would say is, to me, it tells me that the guys that they do draft are going to be in that top 30 visit, at least some of them. But you kind of disagreed with that on Twitter. Well, I think there's two different ways to look at it. Some people look at it and go, wow, they've drafted 22 people that were in for top 30 visits. They've only had, I don't know the exact number, but around 60 draft picks in their six drafts. So that's a very high percentage. You know, it's one third, essentially. I look at it as if somebody is brought in for a top 30 visit, how reliable is it? that they will be drafted by the 49ers, that we know for sure that's a guy they are targeting. Because there are people that were brought in for top 30 visits that ended up being undrafted, which tells you the 49ers were playing around. Or, I guess, potentially something happened in that top 30 visit that they went, not drafting that guy. But I look at it as you get top 30 visits. 30 a year, right? There's been six drafts. So you have 180. They've drafted 22 out of 180. That's not a very good percentage. That's the way I look at it. That's So to me, when I hear somebody came in for a top 30 visit, I go, okay, I have no idea how valuable that truly is because there have been top 30 visits that went undrafted. Mm-hmm. And then they have drafted about four of those top 30 visits a year. So to me, it's not all that valuable because out of those 30, potentially 30, only four are going to end up drafted in an average year. It's a little less than four, but we can round up. To me, that's not all that valuable. Like I, I don't pay it all that close attention to it because of that. It could be a smokescreen. It could not. They might be looking into Dorian Thompson Robinson so that other teams think, oh, wow, they really might trade Trey Lance and they can try to get a first round pick for Trey Lance. And at that point, they would pull the trigger. It's possible. 
Um, what I would say is just because they don't draft more of those guys doesn't mean that they didn't want to. Like they may have wanted to pick more, but other teams That's drafted true. them beforehand. Um, and yeah, I agree. Like just because they have somebody in for a top 30 visit doesn't mean, oh, they're definitely want this guy or they're definitely going to draft him. We don't know that for sure. But what I, to me, I look back at that and be like, damn, okay. Of I got to keep my eye on these people here because it, you know, the Niners are giving this person special attention. And I, I'm willing to bet that of the guys they do draft at least two, I mean, history says at least two are going to be in these top 30 visits. Okay. Like people are free to think what they want. Like I said, I think there's two different viewpoints from it. I look at it as 22 out of 180 isn't that good of a percentage. And others look at it differently. Like that's what I take issue with on Twitter and why I went back and forth. I don't have a problem if you think the other way. What I have a problem with is when you come at me and you say you're a moron, how dare you believe that? How dare you? All of these people are tracking it and you're saying they're worthless. People should track it. It is newsworthy. But to me, I don't put a lot of weight behind it. And I don't think that, that that's where that's just where I draw the line of you can think differently. That's fine. I think people get all caught up on, no, it must be this way, especially on Twitter. And some of the people that were responding to me are fellow content creators. And to me, I think they should know better. People can have a difference of opinion. It is okay. It's okay for me to think something is not very valuable that you think is very valuable. First of all, when I call you a moron, it's for a variety of different reasons, not for your take on the top yeah, 30. Jealousy. Visits. I know. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I generally agree with you. Um, I know that I can be pretty forceful with some of my takes and, uh, you know, people that disagree. Look, my least favorite with... thing in the world is the 140 character limit on freaking Twitter. <laughs> because you're not able to provide proper context in a lot of things. Pay and, for Twitter blue, man. And tone is lost. I think a lot. Because there are many times I write something out and I go, crap, I'm at 170 characters. What can I cut? And the things that can be cut where I still say what I want to say and don't have to cut any of the actual substance is the like maybe words or the possible right. words. You know, you, you just, you don't I have I think enough. gets cut out right. a lot. Right. Yeah. And some of that is true. Um, I just, I think where I get into trouble where, it, where people get mad at me is I try to be as objective as I can when I form an opinion. But once I form that opinion, I defend it passionately. And like with this Lance stuff or with the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, intentionally delaying the surgery to scrap a trade stuff, like I feel like I have a good read on that kind of thing. And so I come at people hard. So if you disagree with me and you name a specific reason, I'm going to attack your argument. Right. So, so I've had family and friends growing up and that have gotten frustrated with me. Because I will argue a point to death. I am not going to quit arguing my opinion. And they always say, you're so unwilling to change your opinion. Well, when you give me concrete evidence, I will change my opinion. But when you're just bringing up more context to the situation and it's still a question mark, why the hell would I change the opinion that I formed <laughs> knowing right. all that stuff? 
You know what I mean? That's like you're exactly not bringing any proof to the table. You're just bringing more opinion to the table, and your opinion is not going to change my opinion. I have always said I like smart people who disagree. And if I can't defend my argument, then I shouldn't have it. But I feel the same way about other people. So when you come at me with what I think is BS reasons, I'm going to call them out and explain why I think they're BS. And I know with this quarterback stuff, I just feel like a lot of people are like people were literally arguing on Twitter today. Well, what has Ian Rappaport ever gotten right? Like, what are we what are we saying? National insiders don't get stuff right. Like, what are we talking about here? the top comment on pretty much both of his posts were, Oh, and Mac Jones was going to go number three. Ugh. I hate that so much just because we were wrong about one thing. That means you can totally hand wave away anything that you don't like. Uh, and I got to call out John Chapman because he had a tweet and I'm just going to read it here. It was things the national media had no clue about before it happened. Trading Buckner, Joe Staley retiring, trading for Trent Williams, trading up from 12 to 3, taking Lance over Mac, Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave signing. John, again, just because they don't know about every single thing doesn't mean they don't know anything. A and team I just... will pick and choose what they want out there. They wanted Jimmy Garoppolo trade possibilities out there two years ago. Right. Or, I guess a year ago, sorry. Last offseason. They wanted that out there, and they pushed it out there. They also pushed the fact, like, I'm obviously I can't prove it, so this is going to be opinion. But I believe the team pushed out that Jimmy Garoppolo surprised them with the surgery. Oh, they because they wanted everybody to know, hey, that guy didn't tell us. Of course, who else would have put it out? Our fault. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's team would have put? Of course, the 49ers put that out because they wanted people to know. We were done with this guy. We wanted to get rid of this guy, and he screwed us. Right. So the, I agree. The team will let things out that they want out there, but I think this team is very good about it. If they don't want something out there, it's not going to get leaked. The Buckner trade. You know, we, we talked to Joe Staley. He told us the story that, if I remember correctly, he pretty much knew after his final game that it was his final game. And he <laughs> yeah. let the team know, and they asked him to delay his announcement so that they could get Trent Williams. Yes, that's true. He did mention that. And that did not leak out. I so the team why. is able to not leak when they want to <laughs> leak, but that doesn't mean that they don't leak when it benefits them. Yeah, I and I just I don't like the hand-waving away of stuff because it's always negative stuff. It's always negative stuff. It's well, never I mean, good stuff. I hand they, wave you away often and you're always yes, negative. So, but like they, it's never right. It's never like, Oh, the 49ers are sniffing around Christian McCaffrey. Oh, those national guys don't know what they're talking. They never do it for that stuff. That's what bugs me about it. If you want to hand right. wave away these people because they didn't know about Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Okay. But do it for everybody. Don't just do it for the bad stuff. That's my soapbox. I'm up on the soapbox now. You just, you gave me a, you want our sidetrack randomness at the end? You saying bad stuff just popped a song in my head and you're of the age, you probably know the song. All right. It's titled Bad Stuff by Bloodhound Gang. I never heard that song in my life. Uh, yeah, I can say it. Yeah, I'm just making sure because it's innuendo. 
I want to do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. You remember oh, that song? That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah, that was a song that my brother liked, and I liked. My brother's older than me. Um, he played that, and then <laughs> True Sidebar. This would probably never fly in today's world. He went to a Bloodhound Gang concert. And they started the concert by saying, we will not play anything or start our concert until we get enough women up here with no shirt on. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And it worked? And it worked. Man. Yeah, I don't think that that would yeah. <laughs> I don't Not, not very good fun. guys. Like, I, I don't know what they ended up Jeez. being in their lives. Uh, the 13-year-old or so that I was at that age, I don't remember exactly what. I know that song came out when I was, I think, in eighth grade. You'll so. never forget that song. No, I will never forget that <laughs> lyric. That's one of the ones ingrained in my head. But I thought it was cool at that time. But, you know, as an adult, it's kind of like, that is kind of messed up. That's messed up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, all right, I don't know where to go after that. So I just have to end the show. I, I don't, uh, I have not thought of that song in many years, but you said the title. And for some reason, instantly, I heard the lyrics in my head. You know, that music video is them running around in monkey suits all through town. That was their signature. Yeah. Okay. Very prime, late 90s, early 2000s. Like, it's something that I think our kids will get old enough and they'll discover, like, what the heck was this? Why did you guys (laughs) like this? (laughs) Right. Why didn't you call this out at the time? Um, But anyway... That's our show for this week. Rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Please, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I did a really uh, great interview with Mike Greenberg this week of ESPN talking about how he prepares for the draft, what he thinks about the 49ers quarterback situation. Uh, So you can go to the YouTube page if you want to watch that, or you can download it as a podcast. I did Um, listen to that, uh, and I got to say, Greenberg's opinion on what is a good quarterback situation it's heavily skewed by his Jets fandom. Oh, well, he's I think that came PTSD. out in the interview very heavily. <laughs> he's uh can you blame him? I mean, man, they haven't had they've had one good quarterback in his lifetime, and it was Joe yeah. Namath, and that's it. <laughs> I, I will say I was shocked that he did not pull any punches when it came to Zach Wilson. Oh no. I mean, how could you? How could you? Uh but anyway, go listen to that interview. Um, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And 11, I hope you have a good weekend. And uh, next time I talk to you, Trey Lance will not be on the 49er. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be draft night, 11. Will it really? Yeah, it's a week ago. It's a week. Yeah. So, you know, we'll be sitting here. It won't be draft night for us, but it'll be draft. Well, yeah, the draft will be going on, and we'll just be sitting here twiddling our thumbs. But Uh, maybe it will be draft night for us because the 49ers somehow got a late first round pick. Trey Lance or Brandon Ayuk might not be on the team. Who the hell knows? Anyway, enjoy your week, everybody. We'll talk to you next Thursday.